Welcome to Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 2, Episode 17 of Charmed, How to Make a Quilt Out of Americans. Yes. So this episode was directed by Kevin Inch. Hmm. Mm-hmm. We've seen him before. He also directed The Painted World. Oh. And this episode has a story by credit to Javier Grillo Marcoche, and then a teleplay credit for Javier Grillo Marcoche and Robert Masello. I usually kind of expect better from him. Javier, not the other person. Robert Masello. I mean, it's this isn't a terrible episode. In fact, this episode actually has a bunch of really interesting concepts behind it that it just doesn't really deliver on in that well, you know. I think this is a perfectly serviceable mid-tier episode, if we were going to divide them up. But it does that thing, that thing that Charm does where it has this really kind of interesting world-building detail in it, and then it just is not important to the main plot and kind of never comes up again later in the show. Okay, but that's not the fault of this episode. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. That's a problem with Charmed in general. It's like, who was keeping the Bible for Charmed? And, you know, all of these details just went by the wayside. Yeah, because, I mean, honestly, you say the plot of this episode, a a member of Grams's old coven re-enters the girl's lives trying to reanimate a demon to bring her youth and it's like yeah that's a really cool concept well i mean we've said it before and and i'm sure we will say it many many times before we're done going through all of the episodes of charmed but why why didn't we get more of the witchcraft community we need more coven episodes but we shouldn't complain about this because this is an episode where we get some of that so we should just we should enjoy it while we have it. Don't and enjoy is a strong word. Don't be sad that we won't have it. Be happy that it's here now. Mm. Also, I have to share the super weird thing. Okay. We're on vacation right now. We're we're out at the coast. So we're in a hotel. We're recording this in a hotel. Yes. And this morning I just turned on the TV, just the normal whatever is playing on the television TV, and it was this episode of Charmed. It was very weird. I thought you were rewatching it for, but no, it's just it was on the TV. I mean, that's weird, right? That is weird. I don't know what that means, but it's weird. Significant. Yes. Somehow. Yes. Okay, so we don't usually talk about where the title comes from of episodes. Mm-hmm. And this this comes from the movie How to Make an American Quilt, which is, like, well, I'll put that aside for a minute. But can I just say, what a dark and disturbing title this is? Well, it's no Womb Raider. This is way more disturbing than Womb Raider. Oh, I don't know. Maybe they're on par. <laughs> no, How- no, but this is a lot more visceral and less porn sounding. I need to get over Womb Raider. I think I've brought it up, like, many times. But it's... Like, it's such a weird thing to title one of arguably the darkest episodes of Charmed. You know, the one where Phoebe loses her baby. Yeah, no, it's... That is a thing they tend to do, isn't it? Like, I feel like the most important episodes, the most deep episodes, have the silliest titles. Although, as I said, this title isn't silly, it's gross distressing yes all right well so let's jump into uh how to make a quilt out of americans so we open on uh 
house we've never seen before. Yes, not the manor at all. A different, a different manor. Where three old ladies are standing in a circle. Ooh, it's practical magic. <laughs> or ritual magic, I should say. It's ritual magic. They're standing in a circle. There are candles everywhere. I don't know what that tune was, but like, ah, I love it when they do this. And one of the old women starts complaining because apparently they've been chanting for hours and nothing's happened yet. And one of the other old women is like, we're summoning a demon. We're not... We're not making a phone call. She says, it's a seance, not AT&T. Although it's it's not a seance because they're summoning a demon, not a person who has died. Although, I mean, I guess the demon kind of died. The whole thing with the underworld is... You're right. It is kind of questionable. Yeah. So the woman the woman who says it's it's a seance not at&t also has a uh ominous cough she has a significant cough of significance we're summoning a demon not calling (coughs) at&t the other women when when the demon arrives when when crito finally appears oh by the way he's just a cloud of smoke with a face in it and he's like, what, why do you summon me? And the women are like, we want youth and beauty. And the woman with the ominous cough is like, and health. Yeah, the other two, you know, we want to be young and hot. And she's like, I want to be not dying anymore. That's, that's sort of what I'm going for here. And he's like, how dare you summon me? The demon whose job it is to make people young and healthy in exchange for their souls. Well, no, no, that's, that's. That's a staple of summoning demons, right? That's why you have to do a circle to bind them when you summon them. Demons don't want to be summoned and then ordered around. So you have to, to bind them so that they do what it is that you order of them. That's that's just that's just magic 101. Yeah, but also it's his job. Like if you don't want if you don't want to be summoned so that you can give people youth and health in exchange for their souls, Find a different title than, like, the demon of youth and health in exchange for your souls. Okay, so I don't want to say that one of my coworkers is a demon. Okay. And I can say this because she's not a coworker that I work with anymore. Mm-hmm. But at one point we were going over this tax form that needed to be submitted by us. And she was like, "Oh, I don't have time for that. That's not my job. And I was like... Okay, that's literally a really important part of your job. Like, what we do, one of the important things we do is distribute this particular tax form. Like, what is it you think you should be doing? That's that's all demons. Ugh! I'm not even supposed to be here today. And it's like, yes, you are, Crito. You're on the schedule. Did you not check the schedule before you left last night? So... Credo's like, you know what? Eh, not worth my time. I'm bamfing away. And one of the old women is like, Gail, you're losing him. And Gail's like, ah, but what if we could build you a shiny new body with super powerful superpowers? And he's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Gail, Gail is already getting ready to steal the powers from the charmed ones i just i know she doesn't want to die i get that i i have sympathy for that Mm. but she went really quickly to being ready to murder these three girls who we're gonna find out she thinks of as family because this isn't just gail this is aunt gail Mm. yeah yeah i heard that she ate her lipstick once because she wanted to feel red inside (laughs) but to be to be fair to Aunt Gail, 
They're not blood related? Oh no, I was going to say she's not planning on murdering them, just taking their powers. Which is honestly pretty easy as we see over the course of the show. It's easy to take their powers away? Yeah. I mean, we've already seen it once at this point when they're, you know, Rex and Hannah made that deal with them where they put their powers in that lantern thing. No, yeah, yeah. They need to get those things locked down. Yeah, seriously. But the demon's like, oh, where will you get these powers? Smash cut. Yeah, smash cut to Phoebe in her bedroom. With Princess Leia hair. She does have Princess Leia hair. I was too focused on the fact that she's she's trying to read a book for school and she can't focus her eyes because her eyesight is so bad and she has glasses but when she puts them on she looks in the mirror and is like no i can't okay this this is a this is like an old thing right because i feel like i i feel like it's something i see in old media but i haven't seen in forever where people are self-conscious about having glasses that's something i've never encountered in real life well, it's it's interesting. I think I was I was as I was watching this episode, looking at the glasses that Phoebe has because they are very very like invisible frames, mm-hmm. and that was the style of the time mm. because you wanted the glasses to almost disappear. You didn't even want to look like you were wearing glasses. You wanted it to be just the the clear glass in front of your face and as thin of a frame as you could have to hold it on. But now the kind of thick, chunky hipster glasses are more in. And I think that has to do with people not being ashamed of wearing glasses anymore. It's just a thing. What a weird thing to be ashamed of. I'm sorry, it just took me back to Tina Facebook where she talked about how she doesn't really need her glasses, but they had her wear them for like that one SNL sketch. And she's like, and that's how I parlayed a apparently fairly common librarian fetish into a career in comedy. (laughs) Well, the first time she was on, because I also read Tina Facebook, it was the first time she was on Weekend Update, and she just needed them to be able to see the cue cards in rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And then when she went to put in her contacts, they were like, no, keep the glasses. Sexy librarian. Because she doesn't need them. It's like... Yeah. I I think her eyes are like mine. Like, my eyes are... I, I can see fine i passed the vision test to get my driver's license but i can't really read street signs i can't if i'm in the movie theater i can't read uh captions like if i'm watching a foreign film so you know that's that's the level my eyesight is i think that's where tita phase is too as opposed to my eyesight where (laughs) you can see nothing (laughs) yes can't can't see my hand in front of my face if i'm not wearing my glasses or contacts Honestly, when I am wearing my glasses in context, I feel like I'm at the place that you are without your glasses. Because <laughs> oh. I can't see street signs at night. Oh. <sighs> but also, I, I don't think she is, but it feels like Phoebe's wearing a studying nightie. Okay, she's she's not. She's You think that because she's wearing a weird tank top that... Where the straps tie at the top. Like, what is that? Yeah, they have little, like, bows. Yeah. Also, the tank top, the the front of it is just, like, one giant butterfly wing. Okay. It's a look. I think you're right about Prue kind of pivoting away from the more conservative way uh, they had her dressed when she was working at the auction house. Because she is also, uh, not that she didn't have her fair share of inappropriate uh, outfits when she was at the auction house. But 
it's weird because she's wearing a flower like a kind of flowered skirt but she's wearing a uh she's wearing a structured sleeveless top yeah that uh you know it's it's nice it's white and it kind of shows some cleavage as opposed to like kind of the boxy shapeless shell that you wear under a cardigan which is what she sported before yeah Although sometimes she just wear nothing under the cardigan, so. Yeah. I mean, it's all over the place. I don't think this is one of those things where you can really read into a character by how they dress anymore. Yeah, no, that's true. This The, the fashion in this show, it it's not Mad Men, where you can be Tom and Lorenzo and start a blog just tracking what people are wearing in Mad Men and what that says about their character in that episode and it's amazing here it's more like well that's what they wanted to wear that day so they're producers on the show who are we to say no God, speaking of what they chose to wear that day Hollery Marie Combs is wearing this it looks like she murdered a disco ball and then turned it into a sleeveless turtleneck it is a very very shiny mock turtleneck i don't it it looks so uncomfortable too because i'm just looking at it and i'm like that is that is not a breathable fabric yes prue calls phoebe out of her room to stop studying because they need to have family stuff yes uh this has been fashion corner by the way this has (laughs) been our little fashion corner at the beginning of the episode Oh, speaking of fashion, so they go downstairs to the kitchen where Piper is angrily throwing away some boots because they got demon blood on them. Yes. Okay, listen. Before we get onto this, Mm -hmm. uh, as Prue is guiding Phoebe downstairs, she's like, so you're not wearing your glasses and phoebe's like oh i don't really need them and prue's like "Mm." well she actually lies to prue she says that she hasn't gone to the optometrist yet Uh. but we know that's not true she has the glasses it's so funny like daria did an episode about this around this time where daria got contacts and then when the contacts didn't work out she didn't want to go back to her glasses because of vanity yeah and she resolved it by talking to her aunt yes aunt amy yeah. Who, to our knowledge, has never eaten a tube of lipstick because she wanted to feel red inside. I don't think so. Okay, Piper's boots that she's like, oh no, they got blood on them, so now they're ruined. They're work boots. They're work boots! And she's like, I can't exactly tell the uh, people at the shoe cleaning service I apparently use, you know, oh, it's just demon blood. And I'm like, do you have to tell people what made your shoes dirty? Can't Is you that just... a thing you have to do when you're taking your shoes to be clean? Can't you just say you like... I, 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 yes, right? They're not going to interrogate you. Whatever. She says she's got to go to P3. Also, when the hell does, when the hell has Piper ever worn work boots? Yes, yes. Whatever. She says she's got to go to P3 and break up with Dan. Yes, because apparently Dan did not get the message from that incredibly suspicious phone call that uh, she gave him she, she when made, she called him yeah yeah then the phone call she made last episode where she was like we have to talk i don't want to do this over the phone and he, he's like you know what you don't need to pick me up from the airport and then this episode he's a complete idiot about the fact that she wants to break up with him what's wrong so piper leaves to dump neighbor dan's neighbor ass and uh-oh someone's at the door <gasps> it's aunt gail and this is when we find out that 
she's their aunt, but not really. Not really their aunt. Aunt Gail has a devious look on her face, like, she, she gives them a hug and then we can see her face on the girl's can and she's like, yes, I'm going to steal your powers. <laughs> I was going to imitate that dog from The Simpsons that you can tell is evil because... Because his eyes, right? You can tell he's evil because his eyes are going to go like this. Considering what a pivotal character Aunt Gail is, you know, for the episode, I wish that they had gotten a better actress for her. Oh, really? Uh, well, we'll talk about this during Premonition. Okay. Yeah, we'll talk about it during Premonition. Okay. So, opening credits, 10,000 hours worth of shots of San Francisco. Weirdly, there's a lot of shots of cars driving, which we don't see a lot in the San Francisco opening shots. And I wonder if that's because they got B-roll footage of the car driving because they're going to drive yeah to whatever town aunt gail lives in and they got the b-roll footage and then they were like eh we're not gonna use that yeah there are a lot of to their dubious credit there are a lot of new shots of san francisco yes so they're all catching up with aunt gail you know oh how how's it going i'm so you know do you have anyone important in your life blah 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 blah. oh you girls are so lucky to be young and Going out and banging a bunch of dudes. I can't do that anymore because I'm so old. And <laughs> Phoebe goes and gets a photograph of her, of Aunt Gail and their grams. When the two of them were sorority sisters. That's how we find out they knew each other. Hmm. They were sorority sisters together and they were just like family. And in fact, they were, they were very close. They were witches together yeah it turns out she she tells the girls that the bridge club that she used to come over and have with their grandmother was actually a coven she's a witch too i love how they're how she's like oh yeah gram your 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 grams and i were witches and they're like what are you talking about witches and kill don't be silly and she's like oh my god i clearly know come on okay she also tells them that her grandmother told them that they were the charmed ones and, like, told them what that means. And I I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a personal thing to share about your grandchildren with... I, mean, I know she's, like, family, but still... It... Oh, no. I 10,000% believe that Grams went all around town to everyone even vaguely magic-related and was like, Oh, yeah, my granddaughters, the charmed ones. Oh, my gosh. She had, like, one of those bumper stickers. <laughs> My grandchildren are destined to be the charmed ones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything we know about Grams, it's that she loves feeling superior to other people. Remember in the 70s episode when uh, she talks about it, she's like, oh my god, I can't believe I gave birth to the charmed ones. Through you, Patty. <laughs> oh god, yes. <laughs> I'm honestly kind of surprised she didn't try having more kids, given... Maybe she did. Maybe that's why she had so many husbands, even though she hates men. You gotta think that was the elders working against her, right? Yes. The elders are like, oh my god, if she burns the charmed ones, we will never hear the end of it. I'm not saying that Grams might have bumped off Patty. Wow, I didn't think you were saying that at all! No, I wasn't saying that at all. And that is a bridge too far. We do know that Grams loved her daughter, although apparently they don't hang out that much as ghosts. Yeah. 
I, I don't know. I guess if I was if I was Patty, I might want to hang out in a different part of the afterlife than Graham's. She's like, Mom, I just got here by the definition of infinity. <laughs> just, I need some space to settle in, okay? Then we can hang out. Hey, Prue's going to be along in a few years. Why don't you hang out with Prue? Prue's going to be even more like, hey, I just got here. Because she's going to be like that to her sisters. That's why we never see her ghost after Shannon Doherty leaves. It's like, listen, I just got here. Let me get settled in. I'll call you maybe in 10 or 20 years. Hmm. Oh, or or when the comics start. And then I can take over the body of a different witch so that I have a different face. So that the fact that the comics writers didn't get Shannon Doherty's image rights doesn't matter. Just putting this out there, they could have done that in the TV show, too. Like, Yeah, right? Like, if that was the plan for bringing Prue back. I mean, I know it wasn't. And there's that thing where they're like, according, I know it's, according to Brad Kern, he didn't want uh, Shannon Doherty to show up in the last episode, and he didn't ask her, but according to Shannon Doherty, uh, he did ask her, and she just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. I could honestly believe either or. Yeah, I think that's one of those things we'll never know which way it went. Because it's 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 not one of those things where you're like, oh, obviously he asked her and he's just trying to save face. Like I can genuinely see him being like, you know what? No. Yeah. No, I could see that going either way. Really, really could. Although if he didn't, he probably should have because Alyssa Milano and Rose McGowan showed up for like ten seconds in the finale. Like, wasn't Rose McGowan was shooting? Um, Planet Terror, I think, or uh, whichever Grindhouse movie. I guess both. She was in both. And Alyssa Milano was, like, on vacation. Oh, right. Right. God, that... Well, the show was canceled. They wrapped it up. I'm sure emotionally, all three of them... Well, maybe not Holly Marie Combs, for a reason I will state. But they were ready to kind of move on with the next stage of their careers. And then... They got called, they got called back, right? And the studio was like, wait, we just merged with another network. We need at least one successful show to still exist. We'll talk about this more when we get to the last season. I was going to say, by the time this actually happens in the show, our podcast, the show, by the time this actually happens, we'll have discussed it 10,000 times. Yeah. But it's so interesting that no one showed up for the finale except Holly Murray Combs. Well, and it's funny because Holly Murray Combs seems to be the person who is most invested in Charmed as a property, even now, even even here in the year 2021. Which, fair, I mean. Yeah, although she also seems to be the one who has the most going on outside of Charmed. I don't know, Alyssa Milano's got a lot going on. She's, like, she has, she had that, uh, designing show, and... Oh, yeah, yeah, she does, she does. She's, like, an activist now. She is, and she, she does have a clothing company. Yeah, that makes sports hats for women. It makes all sorts of sports clothing for women. And, of course, there's that Hug-A-Bunch movie sequel that she's, you know, working on. Wait, is this a real thing? No. Oh. (laughs) You got me, okay, I was like, wait, What? She was in the Hug a Bunch movie, right? Or was it just a girl who had a lot of hats? I don't think it. I don't think Alyssa Milano was the person in the Hug a Bunch movie. I gotta. I gotta know now. We are going to talk about this episode at some point. The Hug a Bunch movie is actually weirdly an appropriate thing for us to be talking about. Yes, because it is about a young girl who goes on a mystical quest to try to find a magic plant or something that can magic make, berries. Magic berries that make. That will make her grandmother young, 
young again so she won't have to go live in a home even though her grandmother seems like she's really looking forward to you know living in a place where she has some independence and doesn't have to spend all of her time babysitting for free oh but then in the end she convinces her grandmother to not go to the retirement home by giving her a hug yes because hugging is magic and the hug a bunch they, they started out as a as a movie right that was the first thing no they were toys first and then they were a movie oh god that was back when every toy line got a movie which i mean i guess toy lines now are just adaptations of marvel stuff so but uh remember my pet monster got a movie oh yeah i do remember that a terrible terrible low low budget movie yeah no Alyssa milano wasn't on it oh Okay, I think I might have been misremembering because uh, the main character had a lot of hats. and Wasn't that an Alyssa Milano thing? Like she had a lot of sports hats or something. Alyssa Milano did have a lot of, like, baseball caps. Yeah. 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 I, I think nobody famous was in that movie. No, no one famous was in that movie. I mean, the main villain of that movie is a woman wearing what is very clearly an evil queen from snow white disney costume yeah like party city costume yeah the woman who played uh the evil villain queen admira god uh i'm looking at the wikipedia page her name isn't even a link oh ouch (laughs) ouch oof but it is weird that you brought up the hug a bunch movie because it is appropriate to this plot in addition to the the main plot being that the girl goes to Huggaland to get the magic berries that will keep her grandmother young, the evil villain is a woman who's been eating the berries her whole life to stay young, Mother Gothel style. Wait, who? That girl straight up kills. That girl straight up kills her. And those were her berries. Like, yeah. I mean, she was being a jerk by not sharing them, I guess, but, like, they're her... It, it's, not, it's not a tangled situation. She didn't take them for anyone. She grew her own youth restoring berries and then some little girl murdered her and took them wait it is a tangled situation because all right yeah the king and queen stole the magic flower that that mother gothel was growing right she just took the baby because that's what she needed for the magic flower and or the lettuce depending on if you're talking about the disney movie or the fairy tale wow so really what needs to happen is queen admira you know, she's dead, so that's not going to happen. But what would happen is Queen Admira would go to the real world and kidnap the grandmother who ate her berries and then, like, drink, drink her, her blood. blood. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so, so we've got we our... So write we, a Huck yeah, Bunch sequel? Yeah, apparently we've, got, apparently we've got it all plotted out. And we can just pull up once upon a time and be like, oh, yeah, Queen Admira undied. Well, we just saw her age and then turn to dust. Like, maybe the dust coalesced and she's, like, all, like zombie looking or it could be a subspecies thing where the next in every subspecies movie the next one always starts with the main villain from the last one just coming back to life randomly oh there you go like also and i mean this Radu. is this is a vague childhood memory so i could be off base here but i feel like we only see her hand age and turn to dust well i'm assuming they didn't have the budget to well i think it was to make it less horrifying so, but if that's the case... She could just have one hand. Like, maybe she's slowly turning to dust. Mm-hmm. Like, from the limbs up. I guess it seems weird that you'd accelerate age. I mean, I, I know Mother Gothel did, but... And I guess the Sega Bunch Lady, but... 
it feels like if it's making you young again it should just make you young again and you should have to age into eating the berries like no, it's, it's, it's weird that you're aging faster and faster every time you no it's like an ssri if you if you stop taking it you like drop down charmed so piper is at p3 getting ready to break up with dan and then he's like wait before you say anything let me take out this tiny jewelry box and offer it to you. He seems like he's completely forgotten the horribly awkward conversation they had last episode about her very clearly preparing to break up with him. Yeah, I mean, right? Well, maybe he's, like, trying to forestall that. Uh. So she freezes him and... God, Piper is always just freezing guys to get out of awkward romantic situations. I feel like she needs to stop doing that. Yeah, she checks the tiny box to see if it's a ring. It's not. It's earrings. Yeah, so she's like, okay, great. So she puts it back down so that she can... I mean, it doesn't really super change the situation if it's a ring. I mean, well, I, I guess gonna, she'd break up with him faster. Pose, it's much worse than if... Because that means not only... I mean, they're already not on the same page because he doesn't want to break up and she does. But... If she wants to break up and he wants to get married, if they're that far apart, it's going to be so much worse. There uh, there was a moment in college where, when uh, I was dating someone, uh-huh. and uh, he was like, I have something to say to you, and I was getting ready to break up with him. Oh, God. And I was like, oh, I have something to say to you, too. And he's like, oh, who wants to go, who, who should go first? And I was like, why don't you go first? Because I was hoping he was going to, you know. Break up with you? And he, instead he was like. I love you, and I was like, oh. oh, I should have gone first. That sucks. <laughs> I was... Hey, what are you going to do? Not one of my better moments. That entire relationship, not one of my better moments. Oh. Well, so what I was going to say is, Piper opens it and is like, oh, good, it's not a ring. Puts it back in... You know, puts it back away and pushes it back to where it was so that she can have whatever scene is about to happen. What if it had been a ring? What was her plan? Is her plan if it's a ring to, like... She has to marry Dan. Oh, I was thinking her plan was to keep him frozen. Like, write (laughs) write a note that says, I can't do this, I'm sorry, on a post-it. Like, that one episode of Sex in the City. (laughs) Stick it on the bar and then run away. And then when he unfreezes, he's like... She literally disappeared into a post-it note. Oh, I was thinking she should, if she's going to do it, she's sticking on his head. (laughs) Yeah. Although, if it had been a ring, she should have knocked it off the table and then been like, and then unfrozen him and been like, I want to break up so he could think that, you know, oh, I dropped it. She didn't see what it was. Or, or she could have taken the ring out, put the box back, and then when she opens it, she's like nothing oh wait no even better even better right like piper i hate you on a piece of paper <laughs> put it in the box and then when she opens it and it says piper i hate you be like what the heck is this dan we're breaking up and then everybody's like i didn't do that and she's like really really you you didn't do this who did it do you think i froze time wrote the note myself and stuck it in there is that what you think happened so just gaslighting. You think she should just gaslight him with her magical powers? I'm not saying I think she should. You think I'm that's saying how that was she her would. plan. Yeah. That was her plan in case it was a ring. It's too it's too bad she doesn't have her explosion powers yet because Oh my god! Oh, she can explode the ring. Oh no, no, I meant Dan. 
She's not... She's not outside of the realm of killing people later in the show. I mean, she... Sorry, I felt like this was a spoiler, but I don't even know what we're doing. We, we just talked about the finale for like 20 minutes. She does explode Leo all the time, but he's an angel, so it's fine. He just recoalesces. I mean, but still, it's not okay. Yeah, it's not great to physically assault your loved one just because you know that they won't be permanently injured by it. I thought you were going to talk about her trying to explode Billy during the whole uh, Hippolyta belt thing. Oh, yeah. And she's like, what? You're fine. It's not like you actually blew up. So now for lack of trying, Piper. Okay, we need to save this stuff for when it when is it, actually When we get show. there. But yeah, she freezes, uh, she unfreezes Dan. She's like, oh, I'm going to make this an unnecessarily long process to break up oh, with you. Oh my god. Okay, so she opens it. She's like, oh, what beautiful earrings. Even though you've literally never seen me wearing pearl earrings, so I don't know why you thought that I would like these. She doesn't say that part. Yeah, but Dan's like, oh, are you disappointed it wasn't a ring? Because in Fire's like, <laughs> Piper's like, okay, we need to talk. I'm just going to spit it out. And then the phone rings, and it's her sisters telling her that Aunt Gail is at the manor, and she's in trouble, and Piper needs to get down there right now. So Piper's like, well, I guess we'll draw this out. Yeah, but the thing is, she spends a fair amount of time dithering before she's saved by the phone. Like, I mean, I know breaking up with someone is never easy, but also, like, just bash in the deer's head. Jesus! What a gruesome metaphor. I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but just, I, I would say, like, just rip off the band-aid. Yeah, that, that's probably better. Or I probably should have used fish, because, you know, it's nobody cares about fish. People like deer. Deer are pretty. Ugh. I, you know what, though? Like, how long has she been dating Dan? Like, a couple Four months. Four months? Yeah. A few months. But the thing is, Dan has been pushing this relationship forward so much. He really has. Well, he can sense that she's not all in. And so he's trying to, like, rush her into being all in. And that never works. Which, I mean, he kind of picks up and he's like, hey, so we're, we're going to talk more about this whole marriage thing later, right? And then he leans in to kiss her and she kind of turns her head away so that he gets her cheek. He leans over to kiss her and she gives him her cheek. I mean... They're broken up now. <laughs> I mean, Dan is like the stupidest person on the face of the planet this episode. Because he is not reading any of these signals. Like, he's like, hmm, that was weird. Whatever. We uh, cut to the sunroom. The prettiest room in the Charmed House. It really is. So, Gail is telling them that there is some sort of demon out and about who has been... Digging up graves and skinning the dead bodies. So, that means that her coven hasn't actually been killing anyone to make this quilt out of Americans. So, that's something, right? Oh, I assumed she was lying. Oh. I assumed that they were digging up graves and skinning the people themselves to build the... Yeah, but they're digging up graves. Oh, yeah, they're digging up graves. I don't think anyone's dying. Uh, they're not killing anyone. They're just, you know. And, okay, I think I have the answer to my question before I even ask it. Because I was going to say, why are they skinning the bodies and leaving the skinned bodies there to be found instead of 
just bringing the whole body back to the mansion where she lives. But I guess that's so that she can say it's a demon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Lots of demons like the skin. It's more of a Buffy thing. But, uh... See, we got in our obligatory Buffy reference. And we could have gone a bunch of places. The Gnarl. I was, the Gnarl is the one I was thinking of. Yeah. Willow skinned that guy. Yeah. So... You did that one time. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, Aunt Gill's talking about how uh, in the Book of Shadows she remembers seeing one time in the Book of Shadows a thing about a demon that likes to, you know, skin skin. people. And Prue's like, you know about the Book of Shadows too? And it's like, really, Prue? If if she's a witch who was part of your grandmother's coven, why would she not know about the Book of Shadows? Like, I don't know. Uh, Yeah, no, that's true. Well, I think it goes back and forth between... So... Backing up a second, mm-hmm. a Book of Shadows is a real thing that Wiccans keep. Yeah, but, like, everyone has their own. It's like... Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, it's it's a, an actual book that Wiccans keep that, you know, has spells, information, thing. It's, it's basically like this book. It's exactly like this Book of Shadows. Yeah. And this show, I feel like, goes back and forth between the Book of Shadows being that, mm-hmm. or the Book of Shadows being... A specific thing tied to the Warren line that the Warren witches have access to. And there's no other Book of Shadows. And so I think depending on whether we're talking about a Constance Burge-influenced episode or a Brad Kern-influenced episode, it goes back and forth. Although, to be fair to Brad Kern, in the last episode, Leo tells Billy that she needs to start her own Book of Shadows. Right. Which does indicate that this is a family-by-family thing and that the Warren one is just more powerful because it's been passed through so many generations of witches. Sure. Well, I mean, you'd expect that. Yeah. Okay, can I make, like, a really, really ridiculous complaint? All right. I mean, I guess that's what this is. Yes, that, that is that is the point of this show. Okay, so we cut from them going to check out the Book of Shadows back to Gail's house where the other two women are building the skin suit for for Crito. Gross. But they're using a sewing machine to sew the skins together, and that's not how you would sew skins. I mean, I'm assuming you would work skin the way, same way you'd work leather. Yeah. And you wouldn't run that through a sewing machine. You would use, like, a leather owl. Yeah. <laughs> just just yeah. throw that out there. <laughs> I, I've never worked with skin, but I assume it would be identical to working with leather. Okay, so what's important for this is that Gail doesn't seem to have powers, but she is a witch because she was able to... We see her cast a couple of spells. She summoned a demon. And she summoned a demon. Which, so, I feel like this factors into the whole other witches maybe not having active powers. Although we do know some other witches do have active powers, but it seems like a lot of them don't. And then later in the series, it's sort of like witch, being a witch is like being an X-Man where, you know... Okay, so I know that this is in our Farscape podcast where we talk about how everything relates to D&D. Yes. But I kind of think of it as being related to D&D. So in D&D, um, you can be, and I'm talking third ed, which is the edition I grew up on. So if you're, if you're an AD&D person or if you're a fifth ed person, like this might not be the same for you. But third ed, you could be a sorcerer, right? You have a couple spells that you can innately do. Mm-hmm. You could be a wizard where you can learn them from a book and cast them having learned them from a book. So that would be the difference between like an active power and being able to cast spells. Or 
You can be, for instance, a rogue and have no innate magic, but have the ability to use magical devices. So you think she's like a wizard? Yes. And the girls are more like sorcerers, right? They just have the innate powers. And they can cast spells, just like just like a sorcerer would be able to cast a spell off a scroll. Mm. But they... And, and Aphidi's actually more of a wizard because she can, yeah, she, she can, she write, can write the spells. spells yeah. yeah, And warlocks are just warlocks? Warlock is in a class in third ed. Oh. Oh, or you mean warlocks in here? In Well, I, I meant warlocks in Charmed or like warlocks in D&D. Because I know that they are a class in D&D, but they're like the magical class that nobody wants to be because they suck, I guess. Warlocks aren't one of the main classes. They're like a prestige class, and I don't even know what their rules are because you need like the special book for it. Which I actually have, but I don't even remember what they do. I kind of assumed that they were like clerics, but they work for demons? In... In Palladium, okay. Warlocks are warlocks are magic users who get their powers from demons. Um, I don't know what the deal is in D and D, so I would, I don't know what their deal is. I think if they exist in Third Ed, which I think they do, but only as a prestige class. So I don't, I don't know what their situation is. Uh, I, I feel like they got incorporated into non-prestige classes later. In a later edition. Yeah, because I, I just there, there's a. There's a couple of D&D comics I, I've read that basically make a lot of fun of Warlocks as, like, the class nobody picks because they're, like, the worst magic class. Huh. I'll, I'll have to, uh, to pull out some of my books. Because huh. <laughs> I do have the, I do have the specialized book for magic users, so. Back, back at the house when we get home. Yes, so... Uh, up in the attic, they're flipping through the Book of Shadows to try to find the skin-stealing demon, and no one is as suspicious of Aunt Gail as they probably should be, because she's like, Oh yes, I remembered this one very specific piece of information that your Graham showed me this one time about this demon. And it he he's, he's an old-timey demon who used to walk, you know, he would walk the world, and he would take people's souls in exchange for making them young and full of health and the girls are like oh who would trade away their soul just to be young and full of health and she's like oh you wouldn't know about that because you're so young and full of health <laughs> which she's being the most suspicious goddamn person on the planet right now yeah but, yeah but this guy was wandering around you know doing this and you know trading souls for youth when a group of witches skinned him alive and bound him to... Like, they sent him to the underworld by skinning him alive, which... Holy crap! I mean, those witches were badass. I've watched a show about those witches. Right? Uh, but there's a vanquishing spell right here in the book. Uh, but and, and here's the thing. You could say... Oh, but the vanquishing spell is a power of three spells, so he couldn't be vanquished before the Charmed Ones came into existence. But that's not true. When he, he's going to tell us later in the episode that it takes three witches to banish him. So it could be any three witches, not necessarily the Charmed Ones. So I, those witches were just being extra. I kind of assume that the Worn line has a little extra oomph. Perhaps. Anyway. Perhaps. Like, it could have been one Warren witch and, like, two other witches who were, you know. We get a little bit of this later, but I really wish we had gotten more of, like, 
other lines of witches. Oh, that would have been amazing. Because I know Paige briefly has a relationship with a guy who's also from a long line of witches. Yes. And Paige gets another love interest way later in the show. Who's a guy who's from a long line of witch white lighters, and it's like, that's not supposed to be a thing, but it's in the nobody gives a shit season, so, eh. Yeah. So. Piper. Piper, Piper has the gift of fear. Piper is paying attention to what's going on. She pulls her sisters aside and is like, um, this is hella suspicious. Here's the thing, though. Well, Piper has her sisters pulled aside to talk about how hella suspicious this whole situation is. Aunt Gail is up in the attic alone with the book, ripping out the page with the spell to separate a witch from her powers. Okay, I do really like this because the thing that she, uh, the page that she pulls out to summon a witch's powers, lines from it are used in later spells to call a witch. Uh-huh. And uh, that, that's actually how they find Paige later in the show. And I do like that, like, the to find a witch spell is a variant on the call, uh, on the to call a witch's powers. Yeah, that makes sense. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. So she conspicuously shoves this page that she ripped out of the book into her purse, and she's like, well, you have all the information you need. I'm going to leave now. Bye. Yep, come, come meet me at my house. Back at Gail's house, the demon skin suit has been assembled. Gross. It is really gross looking. And the three women hold hands and they give it the little magic oomph to turn it into, you know, a body for the demon. And you'd think it would look like a patchwork man, but nope, it's just a guy. Just a sexy, sexy guy. Just some naked dude. Okay, this isn't my premonition, so I'm going to say it. You weren't going to have a premonition about this guy, were you? I was not. So he's, like, super sexy here. And I I just looked to see what else he had done. He's one of Emma's foster fathers in a flashback in Once Upon a Time. Oh, I wonder if he's the one from that, like, really religious family that kicked her out because she was definitely in Lesbians with Maleficent's daughter. He is. That's the one he is. Oh. Huh. That's, yeah. that's fun. Just, a, just tying it into our other podcast. So he's, like... What the hell? You got me a new body, but no powers? You said you were going to get me powers, and... Honestly, being a huge baby, considering what a... You know, they, they got they you got a, body. a body. Anyway, Gail's like, don't worry, I ordered them. They'll be here in 30 minutes or less. Calm down. And all you want from other people is just their souls in exchange for youth. They made you a body. Be polite. Right? Anyway, the girls... I, I mean, I guess getting skinned would make you want to have a little extra something in your back pocket for... Yeah, I guess you'd wake up crabby if you had been skinned. <laughs> the girls are in the car on their way to Santa Costa, and they pull into a gas station where they realize that they got turned around because Phoebe was navigating, and as we have established in this episode, she cannot see without her glasses. So I don't know why they decided she should have the map and be navigating, but here we are. Yeah, that's kind of on them. So they get some advice from some helpful old dudes who are just hanging out at a gas station. Yeah, that's, that's what they do. They hang out at the gas station and they, like, talk to women who drive through the gas station looking for directions. That's that's their day. Yeah, and Prue's like, boy, Phoebe, you sure are lucky that, uh, you sure are lucky that the demon of vanity isn't coming after you because because you're so vain that you won't wear glasses. 
That's that's the subplot with you. That that's that's your thing this episode. Then Phoebe leaves, and an old couple walks by holding hands, and Prue's like, "Hey, Piper, look at that old couple holding hands. Don't you want to hook up with Leo and grow old together with him?" And Piper's like, "Leo can never grow old. It'll be like." Bella and Edward, except those books haven't been written yet, where I'll be super old and he'll still be young and hot. And Prue's like, eh, he's not that hot. Calm down. <laughs> but no, also, he can just give up his wings again. It's not a huge deal. I mean, it's kind of a big deal. Eh. Leo changes what he is a lot over the course of this show. Yeah, I know. I just feel like the elders are only going to go for that a couple more times. Yeah. So one of the old guys comes up to Phoebe and he's like, hey, did you drop these glasses? And she's like, uh, no, those aren't my glasses. Yeah, I I don't wear glasses. I like how they have the old guys kitted out in very loud outfits. So you'll be able to tell later in the episode, you know. If they happen to turn young. Mm -hmm. Okay, I just want to point out, this is a silly thing, but... Phoebe's in the backseat of the car. Mm-hmm. She's the navigator. She should be sitting shotgun. I, I assumed that they had a Piper take over navigation duties. She's the one who just got the directions from the guys. Oh, you're right. Yeah, okay. What are you doing? This is why you got lost, Piper. Or Prue, whichever one of you is driving. Whoever. Doesn't matter. They're pulling up to Gail's house now. As Gail is finishing the spell... Like, she's created a power-stripping, uh, I guess, Ocean. potion. Which, I mean, that, that's what Graham's used on them, too. Yeah. So. Well, it's it's good that it's just finished because she's going to tell the girls that she just made tea for them so that she can, you know, serve it to them as soon as they walk in. I'm, I'm saying she timed it well. God, they need the gift of fear. Yeah. I mean, I know they trust Aunt Gail, but... So one of Aunt Gail's friends pours out the uh, iced tea for the girls, and she's like, it's my own very special recipe. I'll just be devastated if you don't drink it. And Piper's like, "Ah." Piper's like, don't be rude, because she's, I guess, also still the team mom at this point. Yeah, yeah. So... Which... It explains a lot. After after uh, Pi- after Prue dies, Piper feels free to be as rude as she wants. <laughs> oh, wow. Huh. Huh. Anyway, the sisters realize that Gail has told her whole coven that they are the charmed ones. And they're like, okay, we're trying to keep this kind of quiet so a bunch of demons don't show up and try to kill us every week. I mean, it's going to happen anyway. Yeah. But they're like, okay, now that you've tasted our delicious iced tea... Why don't you go look for that demon? Scoot. Go. Scoot, scoot, scoot. Specifically, Gail is like that. Yes. Gail is kind of pushing them out the door because Gail doesn't want Crito to eat them after after he sucks out their powers. So she's like, get out of here so that she can suck their powers from a distance. And, uh, Hmm. you know, then then Crito doesn't have to kill them. Even though he's a demon. Seriously. So the two other women in the coven are like, what were you doing? Crito said that you were supposed to keep them around. Were you trying to protect them? And Aunt Gail's like, duh, I'm trying to protect them. Like, I feel bad enough that I took the powers from them to give them to the demon, but I didn't have a choice. <coughs> also, she's like, they're basically like family to me. So I'm only going to steal their powers, not kill them. I, Look, I, I... 
Also, you're going through a lot of effort just to, spoiler alert, die pretty soon anyway. Well, that's the thing. She's like, oh, wait, this was a mistake. I'm willing to die for these girls that I totally violated to keep from dying just like 20 minutes ago. Anyway, the girls get to the place where the demon supposedly is and there's no demon because... Of course, there's not. Yeah. And then they all start feeling really weak because their powers are leaving them. Although they all think it, well, I mean, I guess it was the tea, but they're like, oh, that tea was terrible. I do like how they're all falling, they're all kind of falling down except for Piper. Because I'm like, wait, did Piper drink it? But she did. You know, we cut back to the three old women who have surrounded Crito and they're chanting and then all the girls are like, oh, but it's kind of interesting that just... Prue and Phoebe were the ones who were reacting at first, and Piper was just kind of looking around. She did drink less of the tea than the others, but I think that had more to do with Holly Marie Combs not wanting to throw herself on the ground. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, not, not, not feeling it. But we see the powers leave them and travel across town into Crito, and he's all like, woo! I think it's the same special effect they used to show the luck flying into Maggie Murphy. I think you're right. I think anytime there's magic, this is what we see. Just little white balls flying all over the place, which it's fine, whatever. So You paid for the effect. So. Yeah. So now that Crito has his powers, he uses them to make Gail young. It's interesting how Gail's eye shape completely changes when she becomes a younger woman. Also, that she doesn't really look like the picture of young Grams and young... Okay, so I looked... You said that when we watched the episode the first time. This time through, I was looking at the picture, and she looks enough like that picture. Uh, I guess. It it feels like they used a different actress. I don't know if they did. I think but... they might have used this actress, just heavily photoshopped it to make it look old. Ah, uh, yeah. So then Crito's like, now I'm going to kill your two coven mates, because that's how I roll. I, I turned them into dust... Because it takes three witches to banish me, and now you can't banish me. Wah-wah. Yep. But he's not going to kill Gale because he needs Gale to introduce him to old people. You know you can just walk around and find old people. They're everywhere. According to the Book of Shadows, that used to be your jam. Like, but no, he needs Gale to find old people for him. I mean, I guess he's using her as, like, advertising. He, She's, like, she's, like, vouching for him. Yeah. But, I mean, it's weird. It's weird. He's, like, take me to your old friend so I can be, like, look, that's Gail. She's young now. I feel like you don't really need Gail for this. Nah. But whatever. So, back at Gail's house, the sisters come back, and Gail is gone, and they're, like, wait. Stuff is really bad, and they realize that it must have been Gail who summoned the demon, but if Gail summoned the demon, why why did she tell us about it? And then they find the two, not bodies because they were turned to dust, but they find the two clothes and ashes of the other two witches and are like, well, this is bad. Maybe it was a very, very specific rapture. <laughs> yeah. Then a rat runs across the floor and Piper instinctively tries to freeze it and can't because she doesn't have her powers anymore. Dun, dun, dun. Also, geez, Gail, keep your house up a little bit. Oh, yeah, right? 
I mean, I know you're not an active power witch, but I assume you're enough of a witch to be not able have to... rats in your basement. Yeah. Ugh. If only you had a cat. If only Kit Watch 2021 was still something we could do, but we can't because she's gone now. Oh, poor Kit. I, I think I bet they mention her some more times, even though we, I can't remember any. Yeah, I, I maybe this might be it for Kit until the. Uh, I mean. This might be it, meaning the last episode she was mentioned in, which was earlier this season. It was last episode. Oh. They mentioned the cat. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we, we might be entirely done with that. Oh, wow. Until the clip show where they reveal that she was turned human as a reward for being such a good familiar. Because <laughs> of that one time she hissed at that demon guy, remember? Hey, she hissed at a lot of demons. And some regular guys. Maybe Kit just doesn't like men. Was she Graham's cat? That would make sense. I do like that the show opens with Kit completely failing to save a witch from a demon. She's like, oh, right. She wasn't Graham's cat. She was that other witch's cat. She could have been Graham's cat until Graham's died. And then she was like, I'm out of here. You're on your own, lady. The cat who called 912 and everyone died. It haunted her. It haunted her after that. Anyway, Piper's power doesn't work. Prue tries her power. She can't move anything. And Phoebe's like, and I'm not getting any premonitions. And Prue, like, pats her gently on the head. Upstairs, they see that there was potion making going on and realize it must have been the tea. And Prue finds doctor bills and realizes that Aunt Gail was dying of lung cancer. And so that must be why she did it. Mm. So, you know. So, Aunt Gail's white lighter must have been on a pretty long vacation then. I mean, I guess she probably didn't get lung cancer in the service of fighting evil or whatever the white lighter rules are this week. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of the rules and, and their inconsistency, Phoebe's like, wait, what about personal gain? There would be consequences. And Prue's like, well, she lost her soul. I'm like, uh, okay. Also, two dead friends in the basement. Yeah. Also, I mean... Although I, that doesn't seem right, because... The personal gain rules have always seemed like just the act of doing the magic rebounds back on you. Not, you do the magic, and then the demon... <laughs> kills your... Kills your friends and takes your soul, but I, I guess that... I mean, I would argue that... Uh, I was I was going to say, making a deal with the demon doesn't isn't really personal gain, though. I mean, it is personal gain, but it's more... This is obviously going to backfire because you're making a deal with a demon. It's not like a karmic balance of the universe thing. Right. Also, I've always kind of thought that the personal gain thing only seems to apply to the charmed ones. Mm. Like, it's a special charmed ones rule. Like, you have... It's like a... It's like a monkey's paw thing, right? You can have all of this power, but you can't use it for yourself. You can only use it to save innocence. Because we know Graham's used magic for just doing regular stuff all the time exactly like she did it to mystically knock out the, the her kids when she didn't feel like dealing with them well, mean, that's her, where piper got it from yeah also she spent a lot of time wiping andy's mind which i can't imagine was good for him no no not at all so so gail and uh and crito are back at the gas station and we see that the two old guys who gave Phoebe directions have now been made young. And thank God they were wearing those very, you know, loud shirts so we could tell it's them. Yes, and then a, a, a very, like, stentorian old guy comes walking in and Crito's like, ooh, him now. And Gail's just like, ugh, 
fine. She she just gives this heavy sigh. She's like, ugh, fine. The guy has a vague Armin Shimmerman vibe to him. He does. He does have an Armin Shimmerman vibe. Although we will see him in Charmed later. Yeah, he's a completely different person in Charmed later. So the two old guys who became young are still hanging out at the gas station for some reason, and they... Well, not anymore. Now they're taking off. They they were waiting for Phoebe and the rest to come back so they could street harass them and then drive off. Yes, which Phoebe recognizes. She's like, oh, those are the guys that gave me directions and hit on me creepily back then, so... Thank God they had those... You know, noticeable, noticeable outfits. Yes, so Crito must be walking around making people out here young, so... A lot of people seem pretty uh, loose with their souls, but... Well, do you think he tells them that they lose their soul? I mean, it doesn't seem like he's told this old man, because he, 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 he goes up to the old man and he's like, Hey, so I can make you young, and look, I made Gail young, and uh, the guy's like, Gail Altman? And she's like, yes, it's me. I'm young now. Not cough, not cough. You know, you're right. He doesn't He doesn't tell him that he's going to lose his soul. And I feel like the rules said that people have to willingly go along with his deal. It's not willingly if you don't tell them the price. Seriously. Anyway, he sees the glasses on the counter that were Phoebe's glasses that she left behind. Uh, oh, she, he makes the guy young. Because the guy doesn't know that there's a consequence to this. Right, no, yeah, exactly. Anyway, Crito picks up the glasses and it gets a premonition. Of himself getting blown up by the Charmed Ones. Yep. Which. And then the Charmed Ones arrived because premonitions are like never helpful. It happens like <laughs> he gets it like a second before they get there. Yeah, like all of the times Phoebe got a premonition that she was about to be attacked right before she was attacked. So speaking of Phoebe, the girls are like, oh no, what are we going to do? And Phoebe's like, wait. I've still got my power of kickboxing. Can't take that away. So. She tries to kickbox him and he, he uses Prue's power to fling her across the gas station. Ugh. And the girls are like, wait, he doesn't really know about how all the powers are working yet. So maybe we can use that against him. Yeah. Gail runs up to Phoebe and gives her the spell because Gail's like, Look, I was dying. I felt, you know, I feel super bad about totally screwing you and your sisters over. So I'm going to help you beat this guy now. And Phoebe's like, I mean, you've been stabbing us in a in the back like all episode, but fine, whatever. So Phoebe goes to sneak up on him and Prue goes, no, Phoebe, don't. He'll freeze us. And he casts freeze and they all like pretend to freeze yeah. and then knock him out and are like, you can't freeze a good witch duh so i guess they're still witches then yeah even without their powers they still count as witches and they can still cast spells right they're going to be able to make and use the potion yeah okay that makes sense so aunt gail uh you know the phoebe kicks him they run off and then you know as he's about to use his powers as he's about to get up and use it his powers and Gail runs in front of him and starts waving her hands all willy-nilly in the air and she's like <laughs> and then they get away bye aunt gail you gave up your soul to be young for 20 minutes yeah right this is a dark episode yeah kind of a bummer and uh Crito, do you yeah. think she gets her soul back because she sacrificed herself probably i mean that seems like the sort of way it would work let's just right? assume that happened yeah probably so, uh, 
he goes over to Ankiel because he telekinetically threw her away from him when she was waving her arms in his face. And she's like, they're going to strip the powers from you and then they're going to kill you. And he's like, thank you for giving me the information about what they're doing. Because, I mean, I guess I probably could have assumed, but, you know. Speaking of assuming, he... he oh, and then he turns her to dust. Yeah, he turns her to dust, and then we cut back to the Charmed Ones, who are just certain Gail's dead now. I mean, she is, but they're like... <laughs> well, she's a goner. Yeah. And Gail sacrificed herself for us, probably. Yeah. So, Piper, even though Aunt Gail... Well, I mean, I guess she's the one who put you in this situation to begin with, so it doesn't... Well, but anyway. Even though Aunt Gail died for this, Piper's like, I don't know if I really want my powers back, because... It seems like being a witch sucks because we have to fight demons every week. Yeah. Which, this will get really annoying later in the show. But also, it's a fair thing to feel. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time it's, like, established where we're talking about how, you know, maybe maybe having to fight demons every week isn't the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Maybe being in constant life-or-death situations is bad. Yeah. Yeah. So, at Gail's house, because that's, that's where they're going to prepare the potion, Prue and Phoebe have to talk Piper into wanting to be a witch, essentially. Yeah, and Prue's like, Piper, you idiot. You were born a witch. You've been a witch your whole life. And Piper's like, yeah, but before the last couple of years, before I had active powers... People weren't trying to murder me all the time. I do really like Phoebe's line, though. She says, it's not a choice, it's a fact. Like, mm. it is what we are. Yep, no amount of trying not to be a witch will make you not a witch. Have you tried not being a witch? Ugh, God. So. Also, just to be fair, even without active powers, that's not going to stop, like, Barbus from trying to kill you when he inevitably comes back. Right, because they still... They can still cast spells. They're still technically witches. And they're still the charmed ones. They're still the power of three that's required for a lot of different spells. So, yeah, there will still be demons trying to kill them. You'll just have less ways to defend yourself. Yeah. Which nobody brings up, but is a good point. Yeah. So, they bring up the leftover iced tea. And they're like, okay, but how do we get him to drink it? And Prue's like, I've got it. My power. Because, you know, my powers are the best. <laughs> they're like, we'll trick him into using astral projection, which he obviously doesn't know how to use. Because it's a real high-level power, you guys. It takes a lot of expertise to use. Mm. And then we'll trick him into drinking the potion and cast the spell and get our powers back. Easy peasy pudding in pie. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens, right? So the girls are upstairs fighting him and... I love Phoebe just kicks him down the stairs. <laughs> Phoebe kicks him down the stairs. I guess her kickboxing does come in handy. She kicks him down the stairs and then pushes a giant shelf over on top of him. Yeah. So now he's downstairs and the other two are downstairs, Prue and Piper. And then Phoebe runs upstairs and is like, I'm looking for the potion. Where's the potion? So he and, and they're like, over here. And she's like, no, I've got it over here. And he's like, oh, I don't know which one of you to go after. Blurp. Or yeah. He's, blurp. 
is blurp the noise of astral projection is that what you're asking me yeah i'm trying to think of because it, it her astral projection does have a sound yeah but it's like a it's like a chimey sound i don't think i could make that sound with my voice hmm but yes, he astral projects over to where Phoebe is, which causes him to pass out downstairs because astral projection is a real high level of power, you guys. Mm-hmm. So. Downstairs, the girls pour the potion down his throat. <laughs> they don't rub his uh, throat to make it go down. but Like you do with a dog? Yeah. They do hold his nose, though, to make him like, yeah. although he's just going to aspirate that. He's a demon. Do demons breathe? He's about to say, what if they accidentally killed him while trying to strip the powers from him? That would be inconvenient. I do really love that, you know, the pow- he zoops back into his own body just in time for the powers to go out of him and into, uh, into Piper, Brew, and Phoebe. And Piper's like, yeah, good witches don't freeze. But you know who does? Yeah. Yep, she freezes him. And then they ca- and then they cast the banishing spell at their leisure because he's frozen. Yeah, and it mystically cuts his skin off, but in a not super gross way. It's not like when they uh, threw that acid on that ghost and his skin was melting off. Okay, so I didn't interpret that as the spell cutting his skin off. I interpreted that as him for a second turning back into the skin suit and then disappearing. Mm. So back at the gas station we see... I guess they drove back to the gas station. It's We've... where they hang out. It's the set that they built. Yes. Back at the gas station, all of the old men who got turned young are now old again. And presumably they got their, have souls, their back. souls back. Hopefully. Yeah. And then we wrap things up. Back at the Hallowell Manor, Phoebe and Prue have bought Piper a new pair of work boots so that she can stop being a big baby. <laughs> I guess with Prue's uh, photographer money, because I was going to say, is it if it's with Piper's club money, it's not really a gift. Yeah, no, she's got a to- she's totally got a job now. She's she's working for that magazine. Hmm. Okay, and Piper's like, yeah, you would think that losing my powers would make me appreciate being a witch, but no, I still hate it. But I'm not gonna give up on the three of us unless you two want to as well, and. Phoebe's like, well, guess what? I'm always going to want to be a witch, so... Sucks for you. Yeah. And it really, I really thought about... Okay, first of all, who would give up being a witch? Even fighting demons. Because like you said, the demons are still going to come after you. Yeah. And secondly, it just really made me think of the Futurama. There's no place like home. There's no place like... I wish I was a witch! (laughs) From the uh, Wizard of Oz parody on Futurama. Well... Not to reference Buffy again. Oh. But it kind of reminds me of the episode with the uh, Cruciatum. Uh-huh. Where, where uh, Buffy starts losing her powers. And she talks to Angel about how she's like, you'd think I would be relieved because if I don't have my powers, I don't have this destiny. But I'm not because now I'm aware of all of the horrible, murdery stuff that's in the world and I have no way to defend myself against it. Right. Yes. Anyway, like, it's not like that stuff goes away when you lose your powers. You just lose your ability to keep yourself safe. Exactly. Anyway, we wrap up Phoebe's plot. She puts on her glasses and proves like, oh, you did go get glasses. And Phoebe's like, yeah, it turns out um, being vain is terrible because you could lose your soul and have a demon turn you to dust. So I got over that. Yes. 
Then we go to P3 where Piper is finally breaking up with Dan. Okay. I know it's her club. I know it's the set that they have. But is the middle of a club not the worst possible place to break up with someone? Because you'd be yelling over the music. Dan, it's not working out. What? (laughs) I said it's not working out. You want trout? No. (laughs) So I do love how Piper starts going into the it's not you, it's me thing. And uh, Dan's like, hey, hey, I know that you want to break up with me. And Piper's like, really? How did you know? I I thought I was being so subtle. And uh, Dan's like, is it about Leo? And Piper's like, no, it's not about Leo. Uh, Dan's like, hey, we'll still be neighbors. And Piper's like, yeah, well, neighbors uh, with benefits. The benefit of friendship. Oh, my God. She is jerking around Dan so much in this episode. I don't like neighbor Dan, so I don't feel bad for him. But I feel like I should feel bad for him. You're not Team Diaper? I am not Team Diaper. Team Diaper is officially dead after this episode. It's 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 all Team... P.O. Oh, yeah, P.O. Team P.O. <laughs> Team P.O. has claimed victory over Team Diaper. <laughs> oh, and so, uh, yeah, that's... That's the end of Neighbor Dan. I mean, I don't know if it's actually the end of Neighbor Dan, but that's the end of their relationship. Neighbor Dan's going to go into an Inspector Javert thing. Oh, right! I I totally forgot that all happened. Yeah, he gets, like, really obsessed with proving that Leo's actually a World War II vet wearing very good young age makeup. I don't know. He thinks that Leo is something he's not, which, I mean, I guess he technically is. Yeah, I mean, he's right. And then the French Stuart genie turns him old, and that makes him not have questions anymore. Okay, so having talked about this episode, I liked it so much more. I feel like it it was stronger than I was giving it credit for. It has a lot of the stuff we wish that Charmed had more of. Well, I mean, that's a problem, right? You, you watch it, and having seen all of Charmed, you're like, man, why isn't... Why isn't the coven a thing in all of Charmed? And it's like, well, let's not take it out on this episode. This is the episode that's given us the coven. Yeah. I mean, not a not a great coven, but... Yeah. I wish that this had been... I wish that this had been built up more. I wish it had been explored more later. I do like when they have a greater emphasis on, like, look, there are other witches doing other things. I do kind of wish that the episode had ended with them needing to skin the demon alive again. <laughs> I like creative vanquishes. Okay. I like when it's not just a rhyming couplet. Which it was here. Yeah. Because they got their powers back. Piper froze him so they could skin him at their leisure. Yeah. Leisure. Leisure. Both are correct. Mm. I guess they could have just found the string and pulled it. Well, it would have worked because they wasn't properly sewn, <laughs> as, I, as I mentioned earlier. So oh. I believe that will take us to our own personal power of three. Yeah, I think so. Where we look into the past, present, and future uh, with our first power, the power of premonition, and see who is, was, or will become famous in the future. Okay, so first of all, Aunt Gail is played by Anne Haney. And old Aunt Gail. Old Aunt Gail is mm-hmm. played by Anne Haney. And you might not know her name, but 
if you, our listeners, saw her, you would know her face because she plays the old woman on literally any television show you've ever seen. And that's, that's like, that's just what she does. She's been that in Liar Liar, Mrs. Doubtfire, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, The American President, Dharma and Greg, Providence, Allie McBeal, Popular, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Chicago Hope, Boy Meets World, uh... Is her credits a lot of old lady? Well, they, they all have names, but they, they're all, like, the old lady. Yeah, she's one of, like, like the... ER, LA Law, Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Uh, you know, like, uh, I didn't want to pull two examples from Buffy, but, like, uh, that old lady who abused those kids in that terrible episode where the horny ghosts and vines after people. Yeah, the like, Double Meat Palace. No, that, oh, was, that oh, was the oh, other oh, one. The, the, right, right. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, the, that's the other one I was going to mention. But no, the, the one with the frat house that was haunted by the horny ghosts of children. Yes, yes. That's not a good episode. No, it's not. Or Double Meat Palace, where the, the woman from the horny ghost episode was, uh, she was a reoccurring character in Desperate Housewives. Yes. Remember? Yeah. She, and she was like the wise old lady who taught JD to enjoy life and script. There, there's a lot of kind of utility old lady players, although probably not so much anymore. I mean, they found different ones. Yeah. Oh, this woman, by the way, Anne Haney, mm-hmm. uh, played an old woman on Golden Girls and then a different old woman on Golden Palace, the Golden Girls spinoff. Wow. But uh, also, and God, we just can't get away from Buffy, can we? Yes. The young version of Aunt Gill was played by someone you might recognize if you're into the Buffyverse. It's Anne, a.k.a. Chanterelle, a.k.a. I forget what else her... She she had a name in between Chanterelle and Anne, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so her real name is Julia Lee. Mm-hmm. Uh, her character in Buffy is Chanterelle slash... She was the girl in Buffy who kept changing uh, names and identities. She showed up as a devotee of the vampire... Of the vampire-worshipping cult that uh, Buffy's old friend Billy joined because he was dying and he needed to... Uh, you get turned into a vampire to not die. And then and then she shows up in the episode Anne, where Buffy is running away from home, and she's living in L.A. as Anne, and finds a demon who ages people to death. Yeah, although in that case it's by taking them to work as slaves in an alternate dimension where time moves differently, but yeah. still. And then she adopts Buffy's name Anne yeah. when Buffy goes back to Sunnydale. Yeah, Buffy decides to go back to Sunnydale and she gives her L.A. identity to Anne now. And then an angel... Anne is just a reoccurring character. Yep, she just runs a youth shelter. I do like how they kind of don't talk about the fact that she was a character on Buffy in Angel. No, I love that in Angel, she's just, she's the same person, but Angel doesn't know about her connection with Buffy because why would he ask? That would never occur to anyone to ask. Yeah. I love that. I It's one of the things I Although appreciate. he probably should have recognized her from the whole Chanterelle thing because he, he helped break up he's that. He's seen a lot of uh Yeah, he's, he's also... He's really old, but I do love it. And she, she appears in the last episode of Angel. Like, she she is one of the long-running Buffy characters, even though she's not in that many episodes. Did we say the actress's name? You did. Okay, okay. You can say it again if It's you Julia Lee, just in case I didn't say it. <laughs> you did, but it's fine. Uh, I think that'll probably take us to our uh, second segment, Time Freeze, because you did mention 
the fact that the demon was also uh, one of Emma's step parents in or adopted parents, foster, foster parents. parents in uh, Once Upon a Time. Yes, that's true. So that will take us to our the second power in our pack, Time Freeze, where we say what specifically dates the episode. Uh, I've got one. Do you? I do. Okay. I this seems a little bit like a cheat, but uh, anyway, I'm gonna throw it out there. The title of this episode. That is a really specific reference. Has anybody thought about the movie How to Make an American Quilt since the year 2000? Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, you think about all of the movies that come out and are, like, a big deal or even a moderate deal in the year they came out and then just never get thought of again. Yeah, I feel like that's definitely one of them. Yeah. Uh, Mine was needing someone to navigate for you with an actual physical map oh yeah that's good i didn't even think about that like it's weird thinking and this is i grew up with this i i didn't have this until a few years ago but living in a world where gps isn't a thing is just so foreign to me well so i'm a little older than you and when i was like 18, 19, 20, 21, I was really proud of how good I was at using maps. Like, using, not needing a navigator, being able to, like, look at a map, internalize it, and then remember it and drive. Mm. And... I was of the printing out map quest uh, directions generation. That's my thing. Yeah, yeah. Although, as recently as my trip cross-country to uh, how I got to Oregon, like... We did not use a GPS. We just drove with paper directions. Oh, so you might not know about this, not because of age, but because it's kind of a weird specialty thing. Mm-hmm. But AAA, the travel agency, caught time freeze. Um, no, that's literally what we used. You got a trip tick. Yeah. Yeah, so they used to do these things. They probably still do. These trip ticks where they get figure out the best route for you and give you like a little book that has all the directions for you. Yeah, I honestly I, I think we I think we still have uh, mine in my trunk. Oh wow. Yeah. So time. <laughs> what is time? Also, I feel like the uh, reference to AT&T, I know AT&T is still a thing, but it feels like they were referencing a very specific commercial. Oh, yeah, like, no. Like, reach out and touch someone or whatever. Yeah, it de- I that was my runner-up for Time Freeze. Yeah. I guess that will take us to telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? So, when Piper doesn't want to get her powers back and her sisters talk her into it, and they kind of, like, comfort her and hug her. I just, it felt like a real true sister moment to me. Yeah, mine is related, although not exactly the same. It's after she gets her powers back. When she's talking to Prue and Phoebe, and she's like, you know, I, I thought that once I got my powers back, I would feel happy or I would feel relieved. Mm. But I don't. I'm, I'm still, I still don't want this. This is not something I want, but it's something I will... It's something I will do because it's important for us and also, you know, blah, we're the blah, chosen blah, ones. Justin, we have no you know, choice. Or... Yeah. Although, honestly, you think that sort of thing should stop mattering once they defeat the source of all evil. Spoilers, but. There's always another source of all evil. Hmm. So I think that'll about do. Oh, wait, did you have our secret fourth power? I do have a secret fourth power. Our secret fourth power, uh, as we've been doing this show for quite some time, our powers have evolved. So we now have the ability to astral project 
what in this episode was so embarrassing it made you want to physically leave your body? Okay, this isn't... Usually it's like bad writing or bad effects or bad something that's so cringe it makes you want to leave your body. Bad acting. This was so good it made me want to leave my body. Ooh, this is an interesting take on this subject. Well, no, it, it was Piper breaking up with Dan. It was uh-huh. so incredibly awkward in the way that breakups actually are. I was like, we should not be watching this. Get me out of here. Wow. Yeah. It was a very, very well done <laughs> awkward moment. Yes. Made me want to leave my body. So that, I think, is it. Yes, I believe that will do it for this week. So our next episode, I'm so excited for... First Cole? Chick Flick. Oh, dang. I, I shouldn't have brought that up. I, I set the expectations too much. But Chick Flick is a really, really good episode. I feel like it... I This is probably shooting us in the foot by saying this. I feel like this is one of Charm's best episodes. It's one of my favorites. Um, and, you know, going through them episode by episode, which ones are my favorite is inevitably probably going to change, but when we first are going into this series, this is one of my favorites. Also, it sets up a long runner for the show because the movie that Phoebe is a fan of in that episode gets brought up as her favorite movie for the rest of the show. Let me give the description from Google Play, which is, when the demon of illusion brings invincible characters from old B-grade horror movies to life in an attempt to kill the charmed ones, their greatest ally is Phoebe's childhood crush, an old movie character. Also, uh, that, that's that's a sorry B grade horror movies. You mean B movies? <laughs> what a what a we what a weird thing that Google Play thought we needed to be explained. B grade horror movies. <laughs> they, they didn't want us to get confused and think that Jerry Seinfeld was going to show up. No, that would be horror. Him and his giant human girlfriend. This is the future liberals want. God. So I believe that, uh... Yeah, that's gonna, that's gonna do it for this week. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of the supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We'd like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Sam, Cassidy, Alex, Alicia, Ryan, Maricruz, Rosa, Javier, Benjamin, Kyle, Kate, and Jen. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode, or any episode, or any episode of any television show, you should join our Facebook group, Welcome to Television. We can also be contacted at I Love TV Zines on Twitter, or I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Tina. And I'm Max. And this has been Welcome to Hallowell Manor. Manor.